Hi everyone, this is Sharon, and welcome to the second episode of the Virtual Homies Podcast. This special series is to celebrate AAPI and Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm speaking with a few of my AAPI friends I've met online during this pandemic about navigating their mental health, online friendships, and what they've been up to lately. So let's welcome our second guest, John. John is a product designer. However, something I'd like to share about John is that I nicknamed him Levi for his love of denim. And so before we start this podcast, John, would you like to share a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for bringing me on, Sharon. Um, Yeah, my name is Jonathan Lee. I go by John. Sharon calls me Levi. Uh, Yeah, like she said, I'm a product designer working in accessibility um, in in a tech company in Silicon Valley. Outside of that, you know, I'm just a normal guy. I love playing tennis, uh, watching movies, uh, working out, all that good stuff. But yeah, thanks for having me on, Sharon. Excited. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So before, you know, we go down and dig deep into our current topic of online friendships and whether guys and girls can be friends online, maybe we could share a little bit about how we met. Yeah, definitely. Do you want me to share or you want to cover that? You know, I I want to hear what you have to say first. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah, so um, let me think. I met you from, or I heard of, or... How do I put it? Uh, We have a mutual friend. Her name is Mayuko. And Sharon was on Mayuko's, um, it's kind of like a podcast, but it's hosted on YouTube. So there's a video aspect of it. But she calls it Muko's Corner. And Sharon was was a featured guest. And she was talking a lot about mental health, AAPI uh, identity, and and all that stuff. Um, And I was watching that episode. And I felt like Sharon had a lot of similarities and interests with me. So I was like, oh, you know what? She'd be a really cool person to hit up and um, see if we could like be friends and get to know each other, especially since we already knew Mayuko together um, and maybe even start some projects together. And so that's how I kind of decided to reach out. Um, Also a fun little thing that definitely made me feel like this was like, what the heck is she said in that episode that she watched Seinfeld, which I felt like I have never met any other Asian person who watches Seinfeld. And so I was just like, okay, I got to reach out. How the heck does this person watch Seinfeld? Um, So yeah, uh, we kind of bonded over that. Uh, We hopped on a few calls. We even did some clubhouse stuff together. And ever since we've just been buddies, that's kind of how I see it. But uh, you know, I'm 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 curious to see if there's anything you wanted to add to that. All right, I'm just gonna give everyone the actual lowdown of what happened. John saw me on the YouTube corner. He obviously fell in love with me. Slid into my DMs on Instagram, <laughs> and you know, I just knew. I'm just like, oh, another fan. What am I gonna do? And then we hopped on a a call together. Wow, that sounds so networking. But we met each other through a video chat. And he and I were attempting to roast each other. I don't know if you remember that part. I do remember. Yes, I do remember. I don't know about attempting. I think I was pretty successful at it. You were slacking a little. 
I don't know if you remember, but your excuse at the time was, Sharon, it's late. I had a long day at work. And I got stopped because I live in the Bay now. And I just said, all right, I can't do anything about that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember this. I do remember this, actually. Yes, the Bay has made me soft. <laughs> so John and I bonded a lot more than I thought we, we would, just because he and I live pretty different lives. I'm from the South. John's from the Northeast. However, I think our mutual interest in just the similar content creator, tech, and I think mental health was what really kind of catapulted us just talking about first career and then slowly it transitioned into more about life. And so that's why I brought John on here today to talk about friendship or just like navigating online and offline friendships because we have a lot to say about it. And kind of the dynamics or maybe the psychology around like, what do people, why do people do the things that they do? And so maybe I thought we could start off with your take on just what you define friendship as. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like friendship, there's so many layers of depth, right? You can, some can argue that, you know, friendship starts even at the acquaintance level, right? Where you've met somebody, um, you know, you've exchanged some words, had some conversations. Um, I would say that's like the first level of friendship. And then I think after that, it really is a a factor of two things. Um, The first is, I like to think of it as like exposure, So how often do you talk to this person? How often do you see this person? You know, maybe you see him or her at the office all the time. Um, And then the second thing is, is kind of more about vulnerability, I think. So that's more about, you know, you can, you can have friends that you hang out with all the time. You can, you can talk to them all the time, but if both people are, keeping their conversations at a surface level, I do think that that limits the progression of that friendship. Um, It limits the possibilities of that friendship becoming deeper. Um, So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go too far into it now because I'm sure we're going to dig a bit deeper into it. But I do think that that final key to unlock how far friendship can go in terms of like how close you guys can become, how much you trust each other. It really does come down to how much each person is willing to open up about each other and share uh, about some stuff that is on their minds and has been a little bit more personal. Yeah, that's how I would kind of categorize friendships in terms of a progression. I would agree with that. The vulnerability part, I feel like is pretty crucial in any friendship. Because if you want to break down those barriers of going surface level, which I would say is more small talk to more of the deep, is being able to maybe expose yourself of maybe your flaws, your weaknesses, and even the topic about mental health. However, I feel like especially in our Asian American community, that's kind of hard because we don't want to be able to, or we're afraid that if we show that side, we don't know how others will react. Maybe 
people might not want to hang out with us anymore. And so just being able to find the right crowd and sharing those vulnerabilities, I feel like is, yeah, again, the crucial part of being able to really form that deep connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like it's even challenging because everybody comes from a different background. Even if you, um, you know, even with our focus being on uh, AAPI, you know, like every person grew up with different parents, right? Like different upbringings. So you can find, and so even if you're in the Bay Area or you're in a specific city or, you know, the people that you meet, they're all coming from very different backgrounds. And so the level of comfort they have to talk about some of these subjects, that's going to vary too. And I think that's what makes it difficult, right? It makes it difficult because you are worried that somebody may read these conversations on mental health uh, differently and you're not sure how they would read it. Um, so it's definitely like, it's a different, it's a valid feeling to have of, of uncertainty. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that was the point that I was trying to make that it's challenging because everybody is different regardless of us all being, you know, Asian American, at least in terms of this conversation. Yeah. Even on top of that, if I think that's defined as maybe one complexity, then you and I, we have established ourselves as the online friendship because we met online. And I'm kind of curious of like, then how do you be able or how do you show yourself to that other person online that you're this authentic person, especially when as of right now, most social networking platforms consist more of that professional side of getting to know one another. Like you don't see someone just saying, hey, I like X, Y, and Z, let's talk. It's more of a, I do this in my life and that's a conversation starter. Yeah, so wait, let me make sure I understand. So the question is, how do you make friends online? when a lot of the times when you meet somebody online, whether it's through LinkedIn or Clubhouse or any other type of networking platform, it's oftentimes centered around some sort of professional quality, like where you work, what you do, where you live, um, rather than just the mutual interest of, I don't know, puppies playing in the park or tennis or something like that. Is that kind of the question? Like, how do you how do you make friendships from that kind of starting point? Yeah, I do not know why I made that question so complicated. But yes, that is the question that I'm asking. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you have to be realistic too about the medium of using LinkedIn, Clubhouse, uh, even Twitter or, or Reddit or whatever you want to use. Um, you know, like, I think there are limitations to forming friendships online at least in terms of how they start right like i'm trying to make a parallel of um online versus in real life in real life you have a lot of natural occurrences whether you're hanging out with a buddy and that buddy happened to also bring some of his or her buddies and now you guys are all going to brunch together so now it's it's not so much about i met this person because i know he or she works somewhere or uh, has the same role as me, um, 
but rather it's much more drawn from a social start, right? You're, you guys have a mutual friend. I guess you guys both love eating brunch uh, and you guys like hanging out with people. So already that sets you up for a very organic conversation. Um, obviously that stuff can go into like, Oh, what do you work? And like, Oh, what do you do? And all that stuff. But, but it's a very different intention coming in. And so with the online set of things, side of things, I think it's, it is about acknowledging that you guys are probably coming together first um, with that starting point being a professional thing. So I'll give you an example. Um, a lot of the friends that I met through clubhouse we did start off because we were in a lot of rooms that was discussing design, right? And so we would talk about like, how does design happen uh, at these types of companies? Or, you know, when you run into this kind of problem, how do you like to solve it? And naturally, you start opening up over time as these conversations go, right? Like at first, you might be a little timid and you might start talking a lot about specific things, like very executional things. But then eventually you start opening up and having like sharing more about your opinion on certain things about design. Um, and and I think that is very similar to the real life experience where you have to like warm up to each other. So I think both can yield the same end result of forming a friendship. It's just the starting point that's different, but you just make your paths inwards to a much more uh, friendly, organic place yeah i feel like i spent a lot of time trying to get to that but it is a little complicated but i think it's achievable you just start at a different place rather than ending at a different place i think you can end in the same place of becoming friends at the end of the day yeah no that makes sense i feel like more of the idea is because online you can meet many different people however you can't go deep with each person I mean, I would feel very overwhelmed of like, hey, I made 10, I made 10 friends in this one week. I'm going to go deep with all of them. So, you know, as you met more people online, especially when it came to career wise, how'd you get that feeling of like, hey, I think I want to make, make this effort to have that video chat with them. Or I see, I see this friend is someone really kind and warm. I want to share more about myself. Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to what I said, like the starting point was always around design, just because that's the kind of clubhouse rooms that I was in. And that's the kind of work that I do. But people would start sharing their opinions about um, like the conversation would just open up to things beyond design, right? Like somebody who might have had we like we might have been talking about design systems. And then all of a sudden, they're like, Oh, yeah, and I, I, I love design systems, because I used to like, make video games and we'd be like oh wow what the heck you made video games what was that like and then they would tell us a little bit about that and then it would just go from video games to like oh yeah i play valorant or call of duty all the time like do you guys play too it's like oh yeah i play and then you like exchange uh usernames and everything and so it's going back to what i said earlier your starting point is a professional uh a basis but as your conversations go um again, depending on the people that you're talking to, it can naturally open up. And I think that actually goes back to vulnerability, right? Because there is a, a degree of vulnerability to be talking about more personal things and less career things on a career-focused platform, right? So that's why I think you commonly see a lot of things on LinkedIn where people are sharing very personal 
uh, and vulnerable experiences, that that brings a lot of people in because that is essentially, you could think of it in this way, that person opening up their doors in terms of vulnerability. And I think that's what happens in friendships, both online and offline. When one person first acts upon opening up and being a little bit more vulnerable, it sets up success for the other person to do the same. Um, And so the question really comes back to, do you want to be the first one? I'm somebody who normally am just like, yo, I am who I am. Like I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I'm going to talk about stuff that's been on my mind. Uh, If I have like a personal experience, I'm always happy to share it. And I think that has helped me build a lot of friendships just because of my nature. Um, So yeah, I think it's, 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 you know, online and offline, they're not super different. It really is just the starting point. But again, just dig deeper. It's all about vulnerability. It's all about uh, trusting one another and, and just being open to, to having those types of conversations. I would agree with John. John is a very approachable guy. He gives a very warm warmth. I don't know. It, it makes you just want to open up. Aww. And unfortunately... <laughs> Yes. Oh, you didn't know that about yourself? I mean, you, you've told it to me. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I'm flattered and, and, uh, and grateful to hear that. I just, it's, it's always weird hearing how other people perceive me. Um, and I'm sure other people share the same thing. But yeah, no, thanks, Sharon. Appreciate that. Yeah. But I think we also have to be honest because a lot of people are going to say, but I'm not the social type. I have you know, social anxiety or I'm scared. What if they think of me differently? And so I feel like for both of us, you know, we may have a slightly easier time just because we're more of the social type and we're the ones who are able to open up more or the ones who are to initiate the conversation and so anyone who's listening and thinking like wow I wish I could be this person I think you and I can both agree that it's honestly a hit or miss you could be open with somebody and they could totally shut you down absolutely yeah and that has happened to me I have someone who was like hey let's share a little bit about myself and that person gave me a very lukewarm response and you know I was disappointed I was like oh okay, this person is not feeling me. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to add, like, I think everybody also, I think I think people naturally have a, I don't want to use the word selfish mentality, but a very you-centered mentality. So for example, right, you can say like, oh, I really think this guy is really cool. I want to get to know him. But the question, like in that current state, it's a one-sided thing. You want to get to know this person And just because you want to get to know him doesn't mean he wants to get to know you. And so I think it's important to go into these conversations uh, with an open mind and and not feel because I think if you go into the conversation thinking like, I deserve your attention, that is just setting you up for a bitterness outcome if they don't reciprocate that level of interest admiration whatever word you want to throw in there um yeah so like it it does go back to i understand how some people can have social anxiety i i definitely have social anxiety in in different environments um but i think at the end of the day it's 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 important to remind yourself a 
you know, friendships just as relationships. It's a two-way street. And and B, because it's a two-way street, don't take things so personally, right? When when somebody doesn't vibe with you. Um, you know, there's there's so many <laughs> like in terms of dating, there's so many fish in the sea, but in terms of friendships, there's so many people in the crowd, if you will, right? Like that's the parallel. So just because you're interested to get to know somebody doesn't mean that it's always going to work out. And I think just going into friendships with that mentality too helps you save yourself from um, feelings of of doubt or insecurity or or bitterness from from feeling rejected even in a friendship setting. Um, yeah, that would be my kind of reminder to people who are eager to kind of like hop in and 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 make friends and stuff. Like, just gotta keep those things in mind to to keep your own sanity. Oh yeah, the idea of just no expectations because the moment you have an expectation of like, I think this person gonna love me we have the same mutual interest even if you have so many similarities if the vibe is not there the vibe is not there yeah exactly like i like to think about like going to a housewarming party right you you end up talking to um let's say it's a housewarming party of like 20 people you end up talking to a good chunk of them uh if you put yourself out there but really at the end of the day if you talk to like let's say 10 so half of those people you're really ending up hanging out with like two or three people throughout the night right so it is a a bit of like do we vibe do we connect um and yeah like even if you think about it like as as a ratio like it's probably a smaller chance that you're gonna um feel connected enough uh to only like a small subset of people and that's just kind of how i think friendships work you can't be friends with absolutely everyone, um, although that'd be incredible and, and an amazing world to live in. Um, but it's just because everybody's slightly different or, or majorly different. And uh, you just never know how, how these things work out. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And so maybe if we could kind of also think about how online friendships, there's also kind of that dynamic of whether or not guys and girls can be friends. It's, I feel like it's a pretty hot topic, especially because I think there's a lot of negative connotation or just the idea of guys and girls being friends online just because most will think, oh, are they trying to date me? Or what is, what are, what is this other person's motive? And so I think this is kind of a, just an interesting topic that maybe I haven't heard many people talk about because I personally, I do think that guys and girls can be friends in real life. Online, if I think about it, you may have been my first online male friend. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I think that that's also because I only actually started doing those video chats or coffee chats online, what, like end of January? And we met, what, end of February? Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for everyone, yeah, we've only known each other for what, like three months, three, four months. It's not, it hasn't been that long. And so I don't know about your experience, but just if it's not through a mutual friend, I would find it hard to meet a guy and think like, oh yeah, we're going to be friends. Okay. 
Yeah, let me let me flip the question on to you, actually. Why do you get that feeling that it's difficult for you in the online setting to imagine, you know, a, a, a guy reaching out to you with the intent of friendship? Why does that feel rare or hard to imagine for you? So I haven't had many encounters or, okay, let me rephrase that. I've had few encounters because I'm more of a lurker than an an actual active person online, like on Discord or Twitch or something like that. So when I hear the horror horror stories of what type of messages guys send to my friends or the way that they approach themselves or if if my friends reject them, they would get very, they would get pissed off. That it can't help but build up of like, okay, there is this guy, like, how do I proceed in thinking, like, we can be friends, but also be safe at the same time, just because of everything that's happened lately, and just, well, not even lately, but just the idea of just, like, online presence and who you are, because I think that's the thing, you can be anyone you want to be online, and that's how catfishing started, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, well, yeah, and thanks for sharing that point of view. I think I'll begin by first saying I absolutely do think guys and girls can be friends both in person and online. Uh, You bring up a good point in terms of people's intentionality. I think just as in real life, you know, people can read body language uh, very well and people can read... um, a lot of like social signals in real life and in person, I think a lot of that actually transfers in the online communication space too. Like if somebody is reaching out to you, um, let's say it's a guy or even a girl who wants to be more than just friends, I think the way that they communicate, it will naturally become apparent that that's the case. Um, Obviously like some people are probably better at hiding it than others. But I think at the end of the day, let's put it this way. If somebody has the intention that they're only messaging you to try to date you or try to go out on a, on a date with you, that is going to become apparent most of the time, I'd say. And it's, it's difficult to hide that. It's, it's, it's kind of like saying, you know, it's difficult to hide who you truly are, unless you're just like a brilliant liar, <laughs> which I know there there exists some of those people. Um, but I don't know that that's what gives me faith in in the idea that like guys and girls can be on, online friends because I've definitely messaged uh, you know both guys and girls with truly the purest intent of just like getting to know them and and I think it's because I had that original mindset and that I'm not trying to hit on somebody that these. Or like these DMs, these messagings transformed into friendships because I didn't have that intent. Now, if I did have the intent, I, I would imagine, you know, a different outcome. Um, I guess that's a long way of me just saying like, you know, if a guy is, is messaging a girl and the guy does have that intention, there's no hiding it. It's, it's going to come out. Um, but when a guy doesn't have that intention, um, I think it's very like it's you can expect that or it's not unreasonable to expect 
that that could also turn into a friendship. No, that makes sense, especially as a lot of my friends have been made on Discord. I think being able to just chat through in a group setting and casually kind of build that rapport has made it more made the idea more approachable rather than for instance like I joined a Discord server and and, and men were just automatically friending me on and I'm thinking I haven't even said hi on this Discord channel and yet you want to be friends with me it's an that is an automatic no I will not add you and and that's why I can't help but be a little cautious of like if I haven't even said hi on here I don't know if I want to know why are you you're even asking me to be friends right now and but then when it's someone that I I do know and know in the mindset of like we've chatted we've said hi at least it's like yeah hey let's be friends let's let's hop on a call together like I am completely for it but I think it's just more of like how you're talking about just the intentionality or like the approach to it just makes me slightly more wary that's fair and actually I I even want to um throw out kind of like a tip I I think um I think it's important not just online but just in general to be someone who's very empathetic and understanding uh of other people's lived experiences and so I am very aware when I message um somebody online for example, like when I messaged you, I was very aware that like, oh, Sharon might perceive this as me trying to hit on her. And so as a result, I made sure to spend the time to tailor my messages in a way that would not be misconstrued, or at least had a lower chance of being misconstrued, because that wasn't my intent. And so I think the same applies to you know, I guess I'm talking to guys or girls who are like sending messages to the opposite sex, trying to not come off like you're, you know, trying to hit on them. Like be aware of what you're saying and how you're saying it, because people can uh, and people will read deeply into things, especially online where there's no body language. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say like don't send messages just willy willy nilly. Uh, definitely think about what you're gonna say and it also you know sometimes it, it, it I've seen this happen where uh, my friend would send a message to somebody and you know a couple messages in would just say like hey I just want to let you know like I'm not trying to ask you out or anything and um, the other person has told me that, like that has made them feel safer and more comfortable in that conversation just because everything is upfront. Um, and I think that's fine. Like, I, I'm the kind of person who likes very upfront com uh, conversation. Uh, and so when there's something in question, I think clarification is always uh, something worth considering. So I'm a little curious. I know we're talking about how you approach um, girls online of just, hey, this is how we'll, like we have these interests. Do you want to talk? In which you did tailor your message and it wasn't just like hey I like your content it was like the Seinfeld I I have a mutual interest in like identity uh Asian identity and so all of those together was like hey he really listened to what I was saying and that made me feel 
that made me feel like, yeah, hey, let me message this guy back immediately. However, you know, it's not always going to be that case of just a guy to a girl. It's going to be a girl to a guy. And I'm curious about whether or not if you had not so much of a great experience of a, a girl approaching you online. Yeah, that's a, it's funny that you ask it. It reminds me of the story that I told you about. Um, I went on a date with this girl one time. And the thing is, like, after our first date, you know, it went well. Um, I had a lot of fun. I felt like we were getting to uh, know each other quite well. Um, and we connected really well. And so I was like, yeah, let's go on a second date. So we go on a second date. And it's, I don't know if this is a Bay Area thing, but on that second date, she starts, like, I could tell she's, like, getting a little nervous or, like, fidgety with, like, her food and stuff. And eventually she's like, John, I actually have a serious question. And, yeah, for me, I was like, what the heck? We're on our second date. What do you mean you got a serious question? What are you talking about? <laughs> right? But, like, in my head, I was like, oh, she's probably going to ask me, like, about the relationship like how this is the second day that's way too early what does she ends up she asks me to like she's like john i know you work at this company you know i've been trying to uh be a product designer for quite a while now do you mind actually reviewing my resume and being my mentor and i was like what the heck where did this come from yeah and so like there's definitely um yeah, no, on, like meeting people online and I guess, I mean, this would apply in person too. Like there's, it's always a mixed bag. You never know who you're going to meet. Um, and that's kind of where going back to like one of the first things I said, right? Like friendships come from frequency and it's not frequency just because, you know, you get to talk to them and have that um, and spend more time with them. But, you know, what is that? What does that translate to? It, it translates to understanding who they are. It translates to understanding what their intentions are. And so uh, very fortunately, it was the second date that I figured out, oh, she's she's trying to date me to, to get a professional connection. And I, that, that felt so wrong to me. And I, I honestly was quite offended. Um, I kindly told her, no, I'm not interested in that kind of thing. Um, you know, I felt bad. So I, I, I reviewed her resume on the spot, but that just felt so weird and awkward. Um, so, yeah, like. It, it definitely can go south uh, pretty fast, depending on how people go about these these like friendships slash relationships and, and just like the conversations you have. No, it does. I don't know. Every time you tell this story, I still get shocked in the fact of, A, this person had the resume handy thinking that you would just say yes again that is an expectation that you shouldn't have and then b it's a date it's you're there thinking we're gonna have a good time not hey i'm gonna plug in my professional self into this after hours and so that's why you know i can understand especially how competitive tech is but also just thinking of you are more than your title. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why I felt kind of offended in the moment, right? Because it did feel like I was seen as only my title. 
rather than the the depth of everything else that I have to offer of who I am. Yeah, so I don't know. I think just because I I've only heard it from you, I wonder how common or maybe uncommon it is. I mean, have your other friends, I mean, cuz they all most of them most likely work in tech, have they encountered the same experience as well or would you feel like it's a special case for you? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm I'm inclined to say it's a special case just because none of my friends have told me that they've experienced the same thing, but maybe they have and they just haven't shared it, right? Like it's not like it's something that necessarily comes up <laughs> very uh very naturally in conversations. But I'm very close with my roommate. Um and he when I told him about this story, he actually told me that's the reason he takes off he works at Google, right? So he that's the reason he doesn't include Google in his dating profiles because he doesn't want to end up um dating somebody who is dating him just because he works at that company, right? Like that, that in my opinion, wouldn't really lead to a very healthy and fair relationship. So yeah, I don't know if it happens often. It might, given that it's like the Bay Area and like you said, tech's competitive and everybody's trying to get a foot in. Um, I'm sure it happens in New York too, uh, with like the finance industry. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a common thing, but... It's definitely not a great thing. Yeah. So I'm, I also wonder, when you hop on a video chat, I mean, just because I already knew what you do and what you work for, except <laughs> I'm completely in different industries because I'm mental health related. Do you share that with the person, someone new, that kind of information? Or do you kind of hold off and see what happens? Yeah. To be honest, I, I do share that information, but with no real intent other than I feel like that's just become the habit of how I introduce myself um, because it's so common to to say what you do and, and where you work uh, when meeting people in the Bay Area. It's, it's interesting though. Like I've been to parties where the host would say, there's one rule for tonight, which is nobody is allowed to talk about where they work and what they do. And I find those parties to be so much more, well, I can't say much more. They're just different, right? You, it's, it's a very different vibe that you get. And you get to meet people and connect with people based off of things that are not your you know, professional life, which is very refreshing. Oh, wow. I've Maybe because I'm from the South, <laughs> no one ever thinks of like, hey, let's bring that up. It's more like, hey, what do you do on the weekends? Do you want to go play top golf? Do you know what top golf is? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or do you like music? It seems, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's like a West Coast thing or East Coast thing that it makes it easier if you have a mutual interest that that's what you continuously talk about. And so a lot of my online friends, uh, guy friends that we talk about right now, um, because we met like through my was Discord. A lot of us just talk about tech, but it's not even about job wise. It's just like these are the experiences we like. Or I liked uh, Maiko's YouTube video this week. Or what are you up to? And that just becomes the normal conversation for us and us just uh, joking around rather than like, hey, this is 
this is X, Y, and Z. Like, how do I get into this company? Yeah, I feel like there's a time and place for each kind of conversation to take place. And so that conversation of like, I work here, I do that. You know, it's it's fitting in a networking event, but outside of one, it doesn't need to be there. Okay, so then I think you and I laid the groundwork of, yes, it is possible that guys and girls can be friends online, right? And my question, though, is, or the follow-up question is, what about with online dating apps? Do you think you can find friendship on there? Oof. I mean, I know some people use like Bumble to to meet friends and and things like that. And they, and I mean, Bumble has that feature, right? Like the friendship feature. Uh, my hot take is if you're looking for friends, why the heck are you on a dating app, right? Like I said, there's a time and place for everything, and I think the context in which you meet somebody sets up the expectations of what this, um what this relationship could be. Uh, And that's why like, yeah, when you're on LinkedIn, a lot of the times people are, are focused on the professional stuff. Um, And so it is rarer to make friends off of LinkedIn simply because of the context. That's, that's my opinion at least. Um, But yeah, no dating apps for me. I feel like if you're on a dating app, you're there to date. You're not there to be making friends and I'm not saying you can't make friends, right? I'm just saying the, the starting point is that you're not there to be friends. So you can go on a date with somebody a couple of times and you realize you're not meant for each other, um, but you guys get along. Sure, you guys can be friends after that point. But uh, it's again, it's it's if you're looking for friends as the main priority, I personally don't think dating apps is the place to be. So the crazy thing about that comment is a lot of my clients say that they go on dating apps to meet friends. Really? Yeah, just to fill that void of loneliness or just companionship, which I think could somewhat go hand in hand. And so I always ask them, I'm just, wait, why online dating apps? Why not go out and meet somebody? And a lot of time it's a convenience be less effort in a way because you can ghost anytime you want which sucks do not ghost it do not ghost anybody and yeah it's just it's a common theme that I hear and I always tell them that maybe online dating apps is not the place to find friendships or fill the loneliness because that's pretty temporary. And then you're going to feel lonely again, most likely. And so a lot of times I'm, I'm just telling them that, what are your interests? Uh, how do you find, I mean, if you're really looking for female friends or male friends, where do you go? What are you looking for? And, and a lot of times people just say, I don't know. Yeah. I, that makes me think of a couple of things. The first is, um, the first is touching upon your point of, yeah, why are you doing this on a dating app, right? And they're saying, oh, well, you know, it's convenient. Um, I'm exposed to a lot of people. I don't need to go outside, all that stuff. I almost feel like that's a little bit going back to the you mentality, right? The, the, the selfish mentality of, first of all, friendships are 
not something that you can just sit there and receive. You know, it's both receiving and giving. And this applies to all friendships, right? The reason why some friendships kind of dissipate is because one person isn't, you know, reciprocating or um, one person is always on the receiving end, such as like if people are going out all the time, you're the person who's always being invited, but you're not the person who's hosting anything. It does begin to feel like you're leeching off of somebody. And so uh, to bring it back to that example of somebody who's on a dating app to, to make friends just because they don't want to spend the effort to go outside. Um, and again, I am assuming that this is like somebody who has the ability to go outside. I understand not everybody does, especially during COVID. But if your immediate reaction is, oh, I want to do this on a dating app because I don't want to put in the effort. I'm sorry, but that's kind of setting you up for like who wants to be that person's friend if you're not willing to do anything for the other person um relationships friendships they're all a give and take it's it can't be one way um and i mean that's if, at the end of the day if you're like looking for low effort um but it's still like respect a uh, respectful way to meet somebody because um you're not just sitting there waiting for somebody to message you use apps like meetup right you guys can meet in person um through a mutual interest, whether it's a sport, whether it's an activity. And in that way, you're still putting in the effort because you're showing up. You're you're meeting at a, a place or you're hopping on a video call. And it's not just waiting for somebody to message you on a dating app. Um, and the last thing that I want to touch on with that is I think it's a little bit disrespectful to be on a dating app and risk leading somebody on who might be like oh wow I'm, I'm really clicking with this person uh we're, we're chatting a lot i feel like there's there's a lot of potential here turns out you're just trying to look for a friend and that person doesn't know that and so again i think there's there's i think the seeking of a friendship can very easily become a selfish act rather than a selfless act and i think it's important to be self-aware and introspective of what your intentions are and whether or not you're somebody who's putting in the effort that somebody would somebody would either expect or appreciate oh no you speak truth and so much of that of the idea of friendship takes time and how much are you willing to give that time and it also takes effort of how much are you willing to give to that person without expecting anything back? And a lot of people, I mean, I hear all the time, get hurt. Why didn't they do this for me? Why didn't they think of this? Uh, they were throwing this party for this person. Why not me? And I think it's all about the mindset of what are you going into this friendship for that you know you touched upon? And having that kind of mindset of you'll never – be able to meet that perfect friend. Friends are going to make mistakes. You're going to, I hope you fight because I think fighting shows that you truly care about us, someone else and you're willing to call someone out uh, for, you know, not all the time, but you know, for a good cause or for a good reason. And so that's what I always like to just impart advice on to those clients I meet or friends who ask me of just, hey, if you're not willing to text that person back or you see it and you're just saying I'm a bad 
texter, unless you have already formed that relationship and that person knows that, most likely, if you're not texting back in the first week, that person's not going to reach out, keep reaching out, because then they know, because then they might think, oh, this person's not interested in me. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's when you actually lose the selfishness and go double down on the selflessness that relationships can really form and flourish. Um, you know, kind of like you were just saying, if you are receiving a text message from somebody that let's say you originally messaged because you wanted to be friends with and you're not putting in the extra effort to, to respond or you're, you're making excuses thinking like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm watching a YouTube video right now. I'll, I'll reply later. And whoops, I forgot to reply. That does send a message. That sends a message that this start of a friendship that could go somewhere and become even closer friends, that that's not important to you. That's the message you're sending by being slow to reply. And I had to learn that the hard way. I've done that multiple times, um, you know, in college when I was first kind of like figuring out how to make friends that aren't just friends that you grew up with, right? And you're meeting new people. And I think it is your mentality. Your mentality has to be that the person that you would like to get to know, they have to come first in a way. And just because somebody comes first doesn't mean you come second. It's just showing that they're a priority in your life and apologizing when you're wrong, you know, not having the pride that to get in the way of a friendship. I think those are all very important things. So it's, it's, it's much more about realizing when your behavior might be a little selfish and to, to kind of flip the script there and, and put in that effort, even when there's nothing to, even when there's no guarantee for anything to be returned, right? Kind of like you were saying, go in with zero expectations and just be respectful. Yeah. And also for the people who are curious of like, hey, you met online, you had that first call, what happens next of, do I text that person or do we have to set up another video chat? I had that, I was nervous of like, yeah, how do I navigate that? And then I realized, like, John and I were talking that it's just like any other friendship. You just casually text each other or, you know, if something thinks, if you think of that person, you send them a meme or you hit them up on Instagram. And I forgot that for a second. I'm just like, wait, this is a whole new field. What do I do? And I remember even asking you <laughs> after our first chat, I'm just like, hey, so what happens next? <laughs> Oh, you did say that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of thrown off by that. I was like, what do you what do you mean? What happens next? We just we just talk. We're just friends. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think it's just because uh, maybe because with girls, it, it's just more comfortable. Like, OK, we'll text each other. We have our uh, each other's numbers. And then with the guy, I'm thinking, OK, it's a whole different ball game. But in reality, you're like, yeah, you're so chill about it. You're like, yeah, we just text. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, if I could just ask a quick question, what do you think I could have done better to have made you feel more comfortable uh, in our first interactions? I don't think you could have done anything. If that wasn't comfortable, I don't know what was or what is. Because, I mean, from the start, you and I, 
were pretty much roasting each other. Do you remember? Yeah, with the Levi's and the sassy Sharon. That that's my nickname for her. Actually, she 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 gave that nickname to herself. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is not exposed Sharon podcast. This is <laughs> you did everything right. I would say it's still my introverted mentality of I'm just not familiar of kind of like the online friendship terrain in a way. However, I think now it's like, hey, let's do as many as we want. Let me know. And also like you and I feel very comfortable with each other. Like, hey, you want to chat? You want to call? Yeah, yeah. And I I actually want to take this moment to even highlight I think one of the reasons we got so close to each other so quickly was because we started sharing a lot of personal stuff. You were saying, you know, some of the difficulties you've had being a therapist with some of your friends. Um, And I, you know, I I related to that heavily saying that like, I oftentimes felt like I was my dance team's therapist at times with like some of the freshman or sophomore, uh, teammates coming to me for a lot of questions um, that were more about like their personal lives. And so I think, I think that was a moment that actually really took our friendship to the next level. Um, We were very open and vulnerable with each other then. And I think it circles back to how vulnerability is, is definitely a, a very key ingredient in the recipe of friendship. I don't know. Would you agree with that? I would. It is hard. I think a, you don't see many Asians as therapists, and B, if you if you do meet one or you're you are friends with them, you can't help but know that we'll say quote unquote they have the skills that they'll most likely be more able to relate to your situation or empathize with you. And so, I mean, I've been met with times where friends had um were thinking about committing suicide and they would I would be the first one they call or or if there was just something traumatic they would they would talk to me and then after that after it's done they would stop they would stop contacting me like I would have to reach out and and say like hey are you still okay like we talked you said you're okay I see you still posting stories and then but you just vanished And so I think being able to kind of share those stories in a way of just like, people don't think, oh, like, you're just a therapist, like that title is just during that work hours. But in reality, I think similar to you and, you know, you being a product designer, me being a therapist, people will will bring that up all the time at parties or like, hey, you want to diagnose, can you diagnose me? Or I have a lot of trauma. And that would be the punchline. And so I think it, that that's the tricky part of being a therapist, of just also not putting that as your image in a way because people are, people would always say, like, don't psychoanalyze me or, hey, do you think I have this mental disorder? <laughs> and, yeah, so so I think you and I just being able to just talk about that. I know you don't have direct experience, but knowing that like a lot of people come to you for the problems, it's not a burden. However, it shouldn't be an expectation. Right. Yeah. Because then I I think to myself like 
am I only here for you during all those hard moments and then you never talk to me again until after that? And so I think that is kind of the tricky line. And I don't know. I don't know if you've experienced that yourself of like, hey, people came to you and then after they're okay, they just stopped talking to you. But because I ran into that several times, it just made me more cautious, cautious of who I want to open up to or allow them to open up to me so that I don't feel used. I did not mean to make that, <laughs> to make this serious all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that's what is interesting. It paints the the reality that, you know, the topic is friendships. Friendships are such a wide spectrum. Um, you know, there are people who either do it intentionally or are not realizing that they're doing this. They only reach out to you when they're in need or, you know, for a specific reason. And I think the real, the sad reality is, is that those people will naturally not be your best friends, right? Because I think your best friends are the ones who think of you first regardless of the context, regardless of the situation. Um, you know, they're going to be the ones who send you the memes when there's really like no reason to, but they just thought, hey, I think John's going to find this funny. I think Sharon's going to laugh at this. And so I think even though this podcast episode, we're talking a lot about online and in real life friendships, and we're like trying to dissect it and analyze it, I think a lot of things just kind of happen naturally. And it's good to be aware of, you know, the ingredients that make up this recipe, but to be so, so particular about how you do things can also remove away from a lot of the naturalness and organicness that comes out of friendships. And so I guess like all of these points that we talked about today, for those who are, I guess, seeking friendships and, and trying to build those things, I think the first thing is also to just not put too much weight on the execution. It's important, but at the end of the day, I think as long as you have strong intent, good intent, pure intents, then the other person's going to detect that. The other person's going to know that you're not just trying to talk to you for for a particular reason. Um, so I hope that's comforting for the listeners today. And by no means am I an expert. I know sometimes I talk uh, in a way that sounds like I think I know what I'm talking about, but you know, half the time I don't. This is just from my own experience. Uh, but I do hope that that finds comfort in some people. Uh, I think you're an expert. John's coming out with a book next week, actually. <laughs> Please look for it on Amazon. <laughs> I wish. Oh my gosh. No, but all you said just speaks a whole lot of truth. And I think that's how you just get rid of that online stigma of just going in there with being intentional, showing your true side, because there will be one person out there who will, who will like what you like, who will laugh at that joke that other people may not laugh at, or who will reach out to you first when you feel like everyone else, no one does. And so, I, yeah, I think it's important to just realize like there is that person out there it's just you know it's all it's really about the timing 
and making sure that you are putting yourself out there because I think John and I became friends because we both put in the t- effort to each other. We text each other, even if we're busy. Like I would, I can confidently say we would at least text each other every other week just to see what's up, check in with each other. And it just kind of naturally goes by like that. Yep. Yeah. T- huge plus one to everything you just said. Huge plus one. Okay. Well, John, thank you for this incredible conversation. I know that we got a little personal, which I truly appreciate. And maybe, you know, for the listeners out there, because they got to understand you a little bit more, is there uh, any way that they could reach out to you, you know, just to maybe get to know you, uh, see what you're up to? Totally. Um, so my LinkedIn is, no, I'm just kidding. That's not what this is about. <laughs> uh, yeah, feel free if you want to connect. Um, actually, I don't even really like the word connect anymore these days, but if you ever want to just chat or if you had any questions on anything that me or Sharon said today, feel free to um, find me on Instagram at John Lee and J. That's J-O-N-L-E-E-N-J. Um, and yeah, don't feel like you have to come in with any expectations or you have to say hi in a certain way uh i like to think that i'm a friendly person and so uh feel free to say hi in any way and i'll i'll do my best to respond everyone just send john a picture of your jean jacket and that can be the icebreaker (laughs) (laughs) honestly that would be a wonderful icebreaker i'd probably ask you a ton of questions about your jean jacket Yes. Okay. So John has endorsed this. So John, prepare for a lot of jean jacket pictures coming your way. Jean jacket pictures are always welcome. All right. Well, thank you again, you know, for joining me. And I hope everyone can come back and join me on episode three of the Virtual Homies podcast. Bye, everybody.